0: hey guys eric lindeen here i'm the lead pastor of mosaic church in maple grove minnesota welcome to our podcast thank you for joining us today i hope this message inspires you encourages you and transforms you and that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and jesus enjoy the message uh good morning so glad to see you all. My name is Eric. Get to be one of the pastors here. And welcome to the Osseo Gymnasium. You found us. Give yourselves a hand. That is great. We talk a little bit about who we are as a church. We say, hey, you know what? There are a lot of big box churches out there. Just like there are a lot of big box stores or restaurants like Olive Garden or, or Red Lobster you can find anywhere. We are not a big box store. We are more like a food cart. And you never know where we're going to pop up sometimes. So, you know, we're normally in the auditorium. Today we're in the gymnasium. Now, can a food cart still make a difference in a city and provide awesome food and connection with people? Absolutely. So we're a lot more like a food cart uh, than a big store. And we would love to know you. So stick around. Get to know someone. Um, We are a family of God on mission together. And and we like to, to actually know each other, not just slip in and out. That's where you are at. Hey, that's cool too, but we'd like to get to know you and your story. That's kind of who we are. Our mission really is to help you learn how to love God, to know that God loves you. We talked about it last week at Easter, that we were made to be in a relationship with God, the Father, Son, Spirit, who from all time has existed in community, in love. And and you are made to know that love, to love God in return, and then to respond and express that love to others around you. So we just say, hey, we, we were made to serve others. Not just look for our own interests, but also to those around us. How can we serve others and then make disciples? That's kind of what we're talking about today. Um, But I'm glad that you are here this morning. Uh, I'm going to be reading out of uh, Colossians 1, verses 26 through 29. This is written by Paul. Paul is one of the apostles of Jesus. Brent warned me he was going to cut me off if I went too long. I, I didn't think that was too long yet. Uh, give me a couple more minutes, Brent. But all right, I know, I know, I know. we got to get to the bounce houses. Uh, but Paul wrote this letter to a, uh, an early church plant of his in Colossae. And, and here's, here's what he writes. He says, Now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake. And in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. That is the church of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the work of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, to all of you, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, Christ in y'all, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that it powerfully works within me. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you have revealed this mystery to each and every one of us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Thank you for last weekend of taking time to celebrate and remember What you did on the cross and then rising from the grave and we pray God that you'd be with us today as we Sing as we celebrate as we have some fun And just learn how to be mature in you in your name we pray amen Paul's writing this new church plan and just saying like my goal is to help you be mature And as followers of Jesus, that's our goal We don't want to just kind of stay where we are, but we want to grow in maturity And that's what I want to talk a little bit about this week Uh, We really celebrated, in the course of about seven days, both of my son's birthdays. They're here today. Uh, Joshua turned 12 this week, and a week ago, Andrew turned seven. And uh, love my boys. They both have great imaginations. Uh, Particularly, Andrew really thrives on his imagination. He can turn anything into a weapon, truly. If he doesn't have a weapon, he could even eat his donut or peanut butter sandwich into the shape of a gun, and it becomes a weapon, or anything really becomes toys, and he has a great imagination. and I I love looking at kids and watching them play and picking up something. You ever given a kid a toy, and they enjoy the box much more than the actual thing inside of it? Yeah, that happens, because they have great imaginations. I think what happens, though, is so many times as adults we get older, we kind of lose our imaginations, and we kind of get stuck in the same old, same old, Ever been there? But what I want us is to recapture our imaginations to think, you know, we can create our futures. We have a say in who we are becoming. Who are you becoming? See, we are all on a journey of becoming someone. With little kids, it's easy to see year after year as they are growing up, what kind of person is Andrew becoming? What kind of person is Rush becoming It's easier to see with kids, but I think with adults we think, ah, we hit adulthood and we're just kind of fully formed. No. If you have a pulse, God's not done with you yet. He's still shaping you and making you, and regardless of the choices you've made, you can turn your life around and you can make some changes. And so my question for you is, who are you becoming? If you continue to plot out who you are now, and you plotted out 10, 20 years is that person someone that you want to be? Is that person someone that you like that you'd want to hang out with? I grew up in a Pentecostal church uh, you know, uh, here in town and I loved my church, but it seemed like their whole theory of change was just kind of let go and let God, just rely on the Holy Spirit. And the problem with that was I saw people who'd been in the church for decades and there were still gossips, some of them. Some of them were still unkind and impatient. And I thought there has to be more than simply kind of letting go and letting God, of just showing up to church on Sunday morning and then having no intentional spiritual formation. And I've shared this out, right out of college. I went to go work at a, a large church here in town called Eaglebrook. Eaglebrook. does great work. They're one of those big box churches. But really, our kind of method of spiritual growth was information plus inspiration plus willpower is gonna equal change. Hey, we're gonna give you some great sermons, some good information. We're gonna inspire you with some encouraging music and then you're gonna add the willpower in and that's gonna change you. The problem is we all have a limited amount of willpower and it seems like just information, just inspiration alone isn't enough to equal change. And so how do we become the kind of followers of Jesus that God wants us to be? And I think if you look at what change takes and change theory, it really takes three things. You have to have vision, intention, and a means. You have to have vision, intention, and change for anything you want change in your life. So first of all, a vision. Do you have a picture in your mind of the kind of person you want to be in your life? However old you are, but, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. See, I don't think that we can achieve perfection this side of heaven. But I think about my grandma Lindine, my dad's mom. And I don't think she sinned since, like, back in the 1970s. <laughs> she was the kindest, most gentlest person I'd ever met in my life. And she's been gone about 20 years now. But, man, she was just exuded the peace and the presence of Christ. Is this Iowa farm wife, and, and raised five kids, and it was just a wonderful woman. Have you ever met someone maybe in their 80s or 90s? And man, they are not a joy to be around. They are just a sourpuss, and, you know, everything is just wrong. It seems like when you meet people in their, you know, 80s, 90s, they're often one of those two things, right? They're often someone who just seems like so holy and gentle and kind and just exudes that, christ-likeness or they're just kind of bitter and angry and and yeah see we're all on a journey of becoming someone so who do you want to be do you have a vision for your life paul says we want you to become mature in christ you have to have a vision say all right if that's our goal if i look at the life of christ and say you know what he is attractive to me i look at the stories of jesus and What did Jesus do? Jesus welcomed the outsiders in. Jesus was patient and kind with children. Jesus spent time with his friends in conversation and wasn't in a hurry, wasn't rushed. That everyone who interacted with Jesus felt fully seen and fully known. That Jesus valued women in a society that really didn't at that time. That Jesus called religious people to the carpet. Hey, you can do better. And ultimately he went to the cross for our sins and then he rose again. See, Jesus was a rabbi. He was a teacher. And each rabbi had their own system of teaching called their yoke. And Jesus says, hey, my yoke is easy. My system of teaching, it's light. And when I picture this yoke, I, I think of, of two oxen. And, and, and I picture Jesus is, is wanting to be right next to us. And, and we've got that harness on. And he's like, hey, I'm going to walk right beside you, Brian. And I'm going to carry the heavy load here, but you're going to have to do some work too. But we're working, walking side by side together. That's Jesus' hope for us. See, Jesus, as a rabbi, he has a system of teaching, his yoke, but he also had his apprentices. It's the Hebrew word for Talmudim. See, in Jesus' day, there would be different rabbis who had different systems of teaching. And they would invite their disciples, hey, come follow me. This is my interpretation of the law. In fact, there was a common Old Testament saying that they said, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. May you be so closely following behind your teacher that as he walks and kicks up dust, it's covering you as well. See, that's our vision. Say, hey, we want to be like Jesus. We want to be his Talmudim, his disciples, his followers. See, following Jesus is something that you do. See, transformation takes more than just listening to Sunday morning sermons or reading the verse of the day. Ancient Christians knew there was something they had to do to take on this yoke, walk side by side with Jesus to follow him. This won't just happen. You have to put it in practice. Here's how Dallas Willard, kind of one of the fathers of spiritual formation, he puts it this way. Spiritual formation in the Christian tradition, it's a process of increasingly being possessed and permeated by the character traits of Jesus as we walk in the easy yoke of discipleship with Jesus, our teacher. So we have to partner with Jesus. Dallas Willow says also this way, that grace isn't opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. We're saying this, that on the cross, we don't have to earn his love or favor or friendship or forgiveness. Grace is opposed to us trying to earn that, but it's not opposed to effort. If we wanna be like Jesus, we're gonna to have to put some effort in. And so I just wanna talk about a couple of things as, uh, today about what are some of those things. And here's three things that I think will help you walk in the way of Jesus. This is, isn't an exhaustive list, but this is some great things. Number one, biblical teaching. In Acts 2.42, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. I do believe that God has gifted pastors, communicators to share the word of God. And now today, man, you have access to so much good teaching online, uh, you know, uh, on podcasts, on YouTube. Come on Sunday mornings, take notes, learn. We say a lot. We don't want to just give you a bunch of information. We want to help you have a life of transformation. So we think if you can hear it, you can write it down, if you can discuss it in your community group, that helps that teaching actually get down and to make a difference. We want to help give you practical steps in this teaching on here's what it means to follow Jesus. Next week, we're going to gather together uh, back in the auditorium for a special uh, sermon called Relationship Rehab and talk about why are relationships so hard? Relationships with spouses, with moms and dads, kids, uh, coworkers, all this stuff, they are tough for all of us. So how do we rehab some of our those relationships? How do we live relationally in a way that God wants us? And we're talking about parenting in a couple weeks because it's hard to be parents. parent. And even if you're not a parent, we're to invite you to come to this uh, uh, sermon on uh, May 15th to just learn because even aunts and uncles, uh, you got, you got grandkids, you can learn how to invest in children. Uh, we want to help you so that your finances can flourish, that your relationships at work can flourish, all these things. Biblical teaching, number one is number two, Uh, community groups to be in community with others acts 2 verse 46 through 47 says this way and day by day attending the temple together in large groups and breaking bread in their homes in small groups they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising god and having favor with all the people and the lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved see jesus didn't have just a disciple he had disciples You can't practice all the one another commands of the New Testament unless you are one anothering with others. Community does two things to us. Community gives us exposure and encouragement. Exposes those areas of our life that we need to grow in. It says, oh man, uh, my patience needs to to grow in this or, or my ability to show hospitality needs to grow. But also encouragement to look at each other and say, Aaron, I see that you are growing in this area of your life. And so community does these two things, kind of expose our, our weaknesses, our areas of, of needing to grow, but also then leaning to each other and, and speaking courage. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but and James 5 tells us, like, to speak words of life over one another. Are we being intentional about our words? And so I believe, as a follower of Jesus, teaching's great, but you need to be doing life with others. Now, we like to say everybody needs somebody. We think our community groups are a great way for that to happen, but not the only way. Please have somebody in your life, whether it's one person or a triad of three or an online small group, something that you have people in your life that are being intentional and encouraging you. Now, I think all sorts of community is good. We are not made to be alone. So have your gaming crew, have your uh, friends that you watch playoff basketball with, whatever that might be, but also, I want to encourage you, do you have a group of people that you are intentionally walking with, who are stretching you in the ways of Jesus, that are helping you become a better person, that are being intentional about that? If not, hey, you're in the majority of people, but I want to encourage you to find that group. Check out one of our groups. We have three community groups right now that are wrapping up for the season soon, but then and an online one. And then we're going to give you some opportunities for community this summer as well. Uh, men's Bible study, women's Bible study. I just think Life is too hard to do it alone. Jesus had his disciples. We have to walk with others. And then number three, one-on-one discipleship. In Matthew 28, 19 through 20, as Jesus was getting ready to go back into heaven, he said, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That's that word apprentice, that Talmudine word. She says, go make disciples, not just converts, not just people who say yes to Jesus and then nothing changes. Teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And so we think one of the ways that happens best is in a relationship where you have someone who's invested in you on a weekly basis for a number of weeks and saying, hey, let's grab coffee. Let's grab a meal. We have a resource here we call the Green Book. And uh, Pastor Ryan, me, um, Kristen, uh, uh, Aaron, uh, we got some disciple makers in our church who've gone through the Green Book and are now doing that with others. Again, it's not the only way. But, but I really think there's something special about, about one-on-one, looking each other in the eyes, being okay with silence, and just sharing. Hey, man, here, here's where I'm struggling. Here's where I need some more hope in my life. Here's where I need a little more patience. And as you go through a resource like the Green Book, it forces you to talk about things that maybe you wouldn't normally talk about, like living a life of worship, of, of understanding that you are fully loved and known by Jesus, that, you know, making time for the scriptures, of, of, of serving others, all these different things. I think there's something great about rose, like today. We say your rose doesn't know when you're struggling. That's why we need circles to come together in a community group or something. We're having fun. We're we're sharing community. We're encouraging each other. We're, we're we're exposing our weaknesses so we can grow. And then that one-on-one relationship. If you don't have that one-on-one, come talk to me. Come talk to Pastor Ryan. We'd love to find that for you. Right now, I've got about. Uh, Five and a half, because one, uh, I won't name him. It, his schedule's really spotty, and I struggle to get together with him one-on-one. But for the most part, I've got five Green Books right now. Uh, sort of six. Um, and it's funny, because I think two people are like, I think it's me he's talking about. Um, and you know, Honestly, that's about as much as I can handle in a week. Uh, five or six people, kind of one or more relationships. I'm getting close maybe to graduating a few of those. But Ryan's got some availabilities. Aaron, Kristen, we've got a few others. Um... If you don't have that person, we want to help you find that person. Just to look across from you. And then the goal is that then they teach you to be that same person for somebody else. So that you can then encourage someone, look across from them face to face and be like, hey, you got this. I'm encouraging you on. I'm I'm helping you grow spiritually. And so my encouragement to you is to be a disciple and then make one. Be one and make one. Maybe you're a young mom, and right now, your disciple-making is just investing in in your kids. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a niece or a nephew. Or maybe you got some time, and you're like, you know what, I can be a disciple, and I can make one disciple. I'm gonna grab someone, and and we're gonna go through the Green Book, or you know what, we're just gonna go through the Gospel of Mark, or we're just gonna walk through the Book of Philippians. And and we're just gonna learn together, face-to-face, what it means to walk in the way of Jesus to be more like our Savior that we point to and say, yeah, we love how he lived, and, and I want to be more like him. I want to be filled more with graciousness and peace and, and love and, and an unhurried nature, something we can all grow in. So next week, we'll be back in the auditorium uh, doing our relationship rehab uh, message. And then the week after that, we actually have no Sunday morning service because we're doing our first all-church retreats. If you've not signed up yet, we'd love to have you sign up. This isn't just for families. Uh, it's for anyone who wants to come. It's at Trout Lake Camp, which is about two, two and a half hours north of here. Uh, it's a great experience. Basically what we're doing, we're going to get there Friday night, uh, and then uh, we'll have a little kind of uh, service worship, some teaching, Saturday morning worship, teaching, after breakfast. Uh, we'll have lunch. Some We'll do an all-church game of a like kickball, um, and, and then uh, have some a lot of free activities out there. They have tons of activities, uh, dinner, an evening service, bonfire after that, Sunday morning service. It's just a great chance to just kind of like take a deep breath and just be in God's nature, be around some people, um, to grow. Pastor Ryan and I are going to be walking through the first four chapters of Acts, just looking again at how can we live an empowered life by the Holy Spirit and to walk with, with, with Jesus and, and be empowered by Him. What does that look like uh, in, in our world today? Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Maple Grove podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Mosaic Maple Grove. Your generosity allows this message to go out into the world. You can be a part of the Mosaic tribe by going to mymosaicchurch.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Grace and peace, my friends.